Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're going to have this ability to now reframe. Allow yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out. The thoughts and the feelings and the behavior cycle can start changing. Hormones and weight loss. It's such a hot topic. Everybody asking, I have hormone issues. Can I lose weight? We are going to get into it. We're going to talk about it with Dr. Olenka Trejo. She's a naturopathic doctor, 13 years of clinical practice. You specialize in hormone health, weight loss, digestion, of course, with a focus on evidence-based medicine to actually help people make an impact not on their health, but lose weight. Hello, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Hi, friends. <laughs> So I first do have to say that you are you are very familiar with the program. You've actually uh, you've actually we've actually hosted segments over in our maintenance group, and I'm so excited that you are a new addition to our weight loss group because so many people concerned. I mean, before we even start any program, we get hundreds of messages from people. I have hormone issues. You know, will I be able to lose weight? Such a loaded question. I know. So. I have hormone issues. Can I lose weight? How would you, <laughs> where do we even start? I, how much time do you have? Um, you know, I, it's so interesting because I, I have, I mean, primarily my practice is women. Yeah. And I would say that nine times out of 10, a patient will sit across from me and say to me, I can't lose weight. I think it's my thyroid. And I'm like, I hear you. I see where you're going with this, but it's probably not your thyroid. And that doesn't mean that it's never the thyroid. You know, thyroid diseases impact about one in every five women throughout the course of their lives, about one in 10 men throughout their, the course of their lives. But there's so many other hormones that are implicated in things like your sleep and your circadian rhythm, right? Like your hunger cues, your energy balance, your stress, your, your cycle hormones, in all of those and the, the dynamic between all of those hormones and the interplay between all of those hormones is actually sometimes the perfect storm, I guess, as to why somebody gets stuck in the weight loss journey or is doing all of the right things and sometimes feels like they're just gaining weight or their body composition is changing negatively. And so, you know, one of the things that um, I start with when patients say to me, you know, I want to lose weight and I just seem to not be able to, mm -hmm. I start with the basics, which is something that I love about your program, right? I look at their sleep. I obviously look about, at, at their diet. I look at their stress. I look at their blood work. I, I kind of look at the hormones big picture rather than blaming it on one specific one, if that makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. In fact, what I say to people is the program is based on losing weight in a healthy way, making sure your, okay. your body's getting what it needs nutritionally, focusing on your stress, focusing on your sleep, moving your body. If you do have any health issues, factor those in. On the most basic level, 
the things we do on this program to lose weight are the things that you would need to do to address any hormone issues that you may or may not have. Um, it would you is it fair to say, especially when it's women, that we just we kind of we talk about hormones in regards to you know premenopausal, menopausal, mm -hmm. postmenopausal, and that's the only hormones that we're dealing with. And we forget to factor in like cortisol and do you know what I mean? All these other types of hormones in our body that are factoring in. I, I find like it's such a, a focused conversation when it's so it's broad. 100%. That's, that's exactly it, right? Like I think that people hyper focus on the thyroid, which is the most well known one, or then they think, okay, but I'm menopausal, and I'm never going to be able to lose weight. And there yeah. is, for sure, a, you know, age related impact on your metabolism, there is a hormonal impact on, you know, the changes in your hormones as you transition through puberty and uh, pregnancy and perimenopause and menopause but it isn't like a life sentence for I'm going to gain weight and I'm never going to be able to lose it. The, I, I, I always tell my patients, you know, genetics are only part of this. It's actually what you do in your day to day that even turn them on or turn them off. Right. It's not, it's not a, it, it, it's, it's not uh, like the life sentence of like, I won't ever be able to do this because my genetics do this. And so I, um, I think that, from from the very basics the the first thing that i look at for sure is going to be um the the foundation of sleep the foundation of stress and the foundation obviously of like the rest of like your life right the foundation of your sleep is i i i bring it back to if you're not sleeping if you're not feeling well if you're feeling stressed nothing is going to work your hormones are going to be out of whack you're going to make really poor often dietary choices you're going to move less and we see that right we see that when when you are underslept you tend to eat more when yep. you're underslept your executive brain is like ah i don't want to move my body um and so i think that by focusing on the role that sleep the role that stress right because also stress releases specific hormones like cortisol that yep. predispose you to gaining weight in specific areas right especially like around your abdomen um, and so if you're not managing that stress, if you're not dealing with that, that, that root of the cause of your yes. weight gain, it doesn't matter what you do to your thyroid because you're never going to be able to truly achieve your goals because thyroid is a very small piece well, part of it. and a like massive web of hormones that we need to be directly and indirectly balancing and impacting because they feed off each other. So there's two comments I want to read. There's one that starts with, in my ignorance, I read this topic and thought it was going to be about menopause and women's health. That's exactly what I mean. We say hormones and that's, that's what we think of. This is so much more. And I'm glad I popped in. I mean, this is the, this is the, this is the conversation. It's so complex, but I, this is what I love about you. We're going to break it down and we're going to simplify it. The For next sure. one is good morning, everyone. I'm 68. Is it safe to say that I'm not going to be affected by hormones anymore or are hormones still affected? A, a factor in my life, right? Again, it's so that focused conversation on women, you know, when it's such a, it's such a broad conversation, For sure. you know? So, so if you're still, if you're stressed out, yes. Right. Like if you're, you know, like it's, it's, it's um, okay. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. What's the, 
what's the best way to break? Should we talk about the role, basic role hormones play in your body and the different types of them? Like where, how do we break um, this down? We can, you know what? We can divide it. I think maybe between like the, the sleep, the stress, I'll try to oversimplify it. Okay. Um, uh, a little Please. bit of maybe like weight gain and appetite. And then we'll kind of go into the female hormones because I do want to yep. touch on the role they have in, in why we see the body composition changes that we see through yes. perimenopause and menopause and beyond. Um, okay. So I'll try to make the, the first couple of things really uh, short and sweet because I know that this is like the money makers, like the, the female <laughs> hormones. Okay. So sleep, we first need to understand that your circadian rhythm, which is you know, your sleep and wake cycle is um, mostly really regulated by three things, melatonin, which is your sleep hormone, uh, cortisol, which is your stress hormone, but it's also the hormone that wakes you up in the morning, and something else that's more of a neurotransmitter that's called adenosine, and adenosine causes that sleep pressure in your brain. Now, the main driver really, even though melatonin is the one that gets all the credit, is cortisol, because cortisol is actually what wakes you up in the morning, and cortisol almost has this break on melatonin and it decides whether or not your brain or your suprachiasmatic nucleus actually starts releasing melatonin later on in the evening to give you that deep restorative sleep. Okay. And this actually ties really nicely into uh, the stress piece because when we do things to our sleep that impact our cortisol, impact our melatonin, or eating behaviors that impact our hormones in general, what will happen is that we will see this almost like a dysfunctional release of cortisol through the day where instead of being high in the morning, it may be suboptimal. Instead of being low at night, it may be really high, right? Because mm -hmm. we're really stressed out because we're not relaxing because we are eating too late at night or eating the wrong things at night. And then that will compromise the release of melatonin, which will then impact not only the duration, but the architecture of your sleep. And why I'm saying that is because it doesn't really matter just how long you're sleeping for. It, look, it, it matters what it looks like when you're sleeping. And so if you're not getting that deep restorative sleep and that you know, REM sleep to really truly uh, create that hormone balance through the day, because that's actually when everything regenerates and rebalances and you know, where the magic happens, um, your waking life is gonna be a little bit of a mess. And so this is actually why I, I always start with sleep, because I think that if you can't sleep properly, if you're, you're doing things throughout your day, whether it's, you know, electronics before bedtime or whether it's drinking too much caffeine, because caffeine can stay in your system for up to 16 hours and you're having that, you know, 5 p.m. coffee that you don't think impacts you it may actually interrupt that architecture of your sleep that again will lead you in the morning to eat more, to, to move less, to produce more insulin, right? Which then predisposes you to waking without changing your caloric intake. And yes. so that's why I think that the sleep is so crucial to any, it's not even just about weight loss, but any lifestyle program where you're trying to improve your wellness. So that's such a great tie-in to the conversation we just had two days ago with Alana McGinn and, and sleep habits. And one of the, the the things I've been reading into lately is how when you don't get a good sleep, mm -hmm. a calorie is not a calorie. The way your body processes your food is different when you are tired and exhausted, which is why you do crave carbs and sugar and those types of things when you are tired, which I think is super interesting. Okay. Of course, because you know, the, in the, the when you're tired, it also impacts your hunger hormones and your satiety mm. hormones. But from a 
uh, also hormonal standpoint for weight gain and, and you know, taking the food intake out of the picture. Your, after one night of sleep deprivation, your insulin secretion the next day can be upwards of 30% more than it was the day before, which is mind blowing, right? So now you can imagine when we talk about, you know, perimenopause and menopause, um, in well, andropause too, because men also get impacted by uh, hormonal changes. How, when you're, you know, you're, you're sleeping poorly night after night, after night, after night, that compounds, it's compounded interest. It's not just that, you know, it's the first night they get, you get that release of insulin, then it's over. Um, and so that's why I think that the improving that foundation is crucial to the rest of your weight loss journey, the rest of your hormonal balance. Personally, internalizing myself having a glass of wine here, here and there, which totally messes with my sleep. And then I wonder why I'm so run down and I don't feel great. And it's just like, ah, I could just totally see how this is feeding into this. And also, you know, if you are dealing with women's hormones and menopause and whatnot, all these other things like around it are just going to make the whole situation feel a lot worse, which is why I can understand why a lot of women feel really hopeless when it comes to, you know, they're gaining the weight, they're feeling run down, they're not themselves. Like, how do I even get a handle on this? And I I love that there is a lot that you can focus on to make a big difference. Okay, what's next? What's next? Um, I mean, stress is probably next. Um, So, okay, so this one is a big one. I know that we talk about it a lot, not just in the maintenance program, but also in in, uh, in your program. And yeah. what we need to understand about stress is that we're mammals, right? Like our stress response is very similar to that of a zebra that is ab- that's about to get eaten. And what okay. I always bring my patients to is if you ever watch a safari video, really you, you, you see a zebra like eating, chewing on grass with a girlfriend and then she sees a lion and she's like, oh shit, like I either run or I get eaten, right? And so it's that fight or flight response. And if she decides to run for her life, she runs, she outruns that uh, lion. And then she goes back to like eating, chilling with her girlfriends, right? She's not like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, the lion's about to eat me. Like it just goes back to relaxation. However, for us in our current 2023 uh, landscape, what will happen is that you are constantly bombarded with a lot of stressors that often your body doesn't understand the difference between positive, negative stressors, big stressors, little stressors. And so this um, fight or flight response is overly activated. And what happens with that is that your cortisol level through the day, again, which dictates that circadian rhythm is supposed to be really high in the morning, really low in the evening, becomes really dysfunctional, right? You are shooting out cortisol from every orifice that you can. And so then the problem with that is that that also impacts not only like your um, uh, hunger and your appetite, because really if, if cortisol is a survival hormone, you, what's going, what it's going to do is that it's going to mobilize sugar out of like, you know, your muscles, your fat to be able to yep. get you to survive. Yep. The problem is that it also, while doing it, increases your appetite, right? Um, it uh, decreases a lot of, again, the satiety hormones. It, it, it increases to an extent also insulin in the long term. And so then the problem is that in our landscape of, you know, I don't really need that much uh, uh, sugar on a day-to-day basis because I'm not running away from a bear all the time. 
yeah. again, you be, your, your cells become a little bit dysfunctional and they become almost like little fat storage molecules that then your body feels like this woman is so stressed out that I need to store all of this visceral fat, which is gold, right? It's, it truly is a visceral fat. It's like, that is the last thing to go before you die. That is like your golden ticket to survival. And so your cortisol will metabolize everything else. It will chew away your muscle. It will chew away the fat that you have really close to your earlobe, but it won't let you touch that visceral fat. And so then what will happen over time is that even if you are reducing your calories, which I know that this program is not about, but reducing your calories, over-exercising, under-sleeping, like all of the, you know, you, you don't feel well, but you also can't lock, can't lock that fat out of that visceral uh, place to be able to lose the weight that you want, right? Because that's usually what happens. Like people are like, it's not just about the number. It's like, I just have this belly that I never had before. Guess what? That's not just about like estrogen and thyroid. It's also about the stress hormones and it's also about insulin. I mean, when I say, you know, when I try to tell people that, I mean, I haven't had a client who needed to lose weight because they were just eating donuts and going through the drive-thru all day in like, I don't even know, like 30, 30 years. I always say it's like lack of sleep, high stress combined with now, if you can imagine diets where you're starving and depriving yourself and neglecting yourself, it's just, it's a recipe for weight gain. Like it's just, just so good. 100%. And you know, the problem is that the more that you reduce your calories, the more, especially in the setting of I'm underslept, I'm really high stress the more than you're feeding your body that message of, oh my God, we're really stressed that we're running away from a bear and now she's starving me. And then what happens is that then your metabolism adapts to that, right? Because your body doesn't want to die. And so then you'll reduce your metabolic rate, which is just the calories that you're burning at rest. You'll start muscle wasting. And then what maybe, you know, on the scale, maybe that might be a couple of pounds. But what happens is that over time, not only your body composition changes to, again, break down that muscle, which is what your metabolism is. Um, but then your, your fat stores will change to, again, like promote that visceral fat gain so that you have energy. And I say that in quotes and in quotations, because you, you I mean, we, we have uh, access to food, but you have that, that energy available in case you, you, you run into problems, but your hunger, you know, your hunger cues and your satiety cues become very dysfunctional, not only while it's happening, but for years after. I mean, this is, it's, it's like your body thinks it's doing you a favor and this, we are definitely oversimplifying this, but this is exactly oh, sure. the conversation um, that they were having at the Canadian obesity summit that we went to in the spring is how your body is wired on this real primitive level. And it's all about mm-hmm. the messages it's receiving and how it's, it's felt it has needed to cope. And a lot of people's body feels like it's needed all this excess fat. So it stores that excess fat and it's got into the habit of that. Now you can change that. Let's talk about let's just i do have to say that you can change that that's what this conversation is all about sure this is not your destiny you can change it but it's again changing you know ultimately what i what i always think about is when you don't feel well you make bad choices about your day-to-day life right when you and this is also looping back into the alcohol and things like that right like when women are transitioning through the hormones when they feel defeated because they feel like it's you know the number of this skill is not necessarily shifting they're like uh 
F it. Like I'm going to have that wine at night. And then yeah. that, you know, disrupts your sleep, that then disrupts your insulin, that then disrupts your cortisol, that then increases your stress hormones. Like it, it, it truly is um, it, it's such a snowball effect, which is why the hormone conversation is so complex because yeah. I, I truly, truly, it would make my, my job so much easier um, if it was just the thyroid, but it's not. Yeah. It's about the communication of all of these hormones and the result of, you know, one thing that ends up having a domino effect on everything else. It, it's how it all works together, which is why you have mm -hmm. to, uh, if you're going to make an impact on it, there's a lot of things that you have to factor in. It's not just eating less, exercising more when weight, <laughs> when it comes to weight loss, you have to factor in your stress and your sleep and any health issues that you're having. And the fact that maybe your hormones are a little messed up. So this is why consistency and routine is so important and giving your body the time that it needs in order to address these issues and actually make change. Plus the resources and oh my gosh. Okay. Where are we sure. going to next? Are we going to metabolism now? Yeah, let's go into metabolism. Okay, okay. so obviously the, the key uh, hormone for that, which is the best known one, is the thyroid. Your thyroid, you know, to an extent is um, uh, the one that's responsible for the speed of your body's metabolism because it stimulates the metabolism of carbs and also... Yeah. Uh, helps with like muscle growth, I guess. But then mm -hmm. with metabolism, you also want to think about things like, you know, uh, leptin and ghrelin, which we were chatting about before, which are like your uh, hunger and satiety hormones, right? Yeah. Insulin, uh, which is again, that uh, hormone that is um, promoting the absorption and the storage of glucose in your muscles, your livers and your, your liver and your fat cells. But that then uh, when you have too much of this glucose available, your cells stop listening to the messaging. And then what happens is that you end up with really high insulin levels that your, your cells are not responding to anymore. And you end up just locking up all of that into fat. And, and that actually prevents your body from using that fat for energy, right? Which makes weight loss very, very difficult. Uh, cortisol is another one that can impact your metabolism, right? Because cortisol um uh to an extent when it's acute and it's short-lived it increases the breakdown of stuff so that you can have it available to run away from that bear or run away from that lion but it also increases cravings especially for things that are high in fat high in sugar high in salt which i mean i don't have to tell you i know it happens to me like when i'm stressed out when i'm underslept when my cortisol's like all over the place even if i'm not a donut lover i walk by the donut shop and i'm like oh well you look you look good, yeah. you know? And I know I'm not a person that eats donuts, but in that moment in time, I am because my cortisol is completely out of whack, right? And then we kind of get into, you know, um, your the hormones like dopamine, for example, or serotonin, which are more, they're, they're a little bit neurotransmitter, they're a lot hormone, but they're the hormones that actually impact your food choices, right? That um, yes. tap into the reward yes. system. And the, the only piece that I'm going to say, because this can be a very complicated conversation, but this is the one thing that I will say, part of the reason as to why I love intuitive eating and I love your program is that your our reward system in our brain is what made us survive as a species, right? It's what made us um, get pleasure from sex so that we could repopulate earth. It may, It also is what gives us pleasure from food so that we could keep eating. So that's a good thing. The problem is that you take this ancient brain that is, um, you know, very primitive in a sense, and you put it in a setting of 
abundance and hyper palatable food and hyper processed food. And what happens is that then your brain almost becomes dysfunctional at how much dopamine and how much of that reward it gets from things that are overly processed, right? And overly fatty and overly sugary and overly, you know, floury and things like that. And so you know, I, a lot of the times I get asked about, you know, but, but, you know, is Gina Livy just a weight loss diet? And I say, no, really, it's about reframing the way that your brain looks at food because we've lost that connection to food. And so what happens when you're in a setting of like, I am just eating processing, your brain just wants that hit of dopamine, right? Just like I get that little dopamine when I shop, uh, you get that dopamine when you eat whatever it is that your go-to is. And so then when you start eating real food, your brain starts like unlearning a little bit of that high dopamine addiction almost that you have. And it's that retraining that then your brain is like, oh, okay, I eat an apple and I get an adequate amount of dopamine. That's wild. You know? And so I, I do think that um, the, the food choices that you make and a lot of the retraining that you do in this program is so vital to almost restore that connection to yeah. our food environment that we've lost over time. I love you because in the very few conversations that we've had, like you get me, you get, you get, this is what, it, when I say you're, we're working on rewiring and reworking how your body has come to function, but also your brain, it's such a big part of it. And then you, you take it back to, you know, that, that, that primitive way of our bodies and brains functioning we, we wouldn't have been in a room full of donuts back in the day and this is why you have to work extra hard because you you tie in reward treats all that kind of stuff how we've utilized food and then yeah you're you're in a room full of donuts and your brain is like what the actual and then you just want it but when you can connect to physically how you feel when you eat it then your brain will get wired to that. Oh no, I have the donut. I feel like this. And you okay. are able to be in the moment and be like, you know what? I actually love the idea of the donut, but I know if I have it and I follow through on it, I'm not going to feel good. It's work, sure. man. I'm not trying to simplify it. Totally it. Is. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and I'm not saying that donuts are not delicious. Like I'm not, like, you know, it's a, it, just because I'm not a donut person doesn't mean that I'm like, oh my God, they're awful. No, I get it. Um, and, and I'm also not saying like, you're never allowed to eat a donut again, because otherwise right, you get this rice and dopamine and your brain will forget about apples. Yeah. I'm not saying that either, but what I'm saying is that really the, the context of changing your, uh, what you eat on a day-to-day -day basis, right? The, the snacks, the making sure that your stomach is never so empty that your girl in is saying like, oh my God, I need all the food that you can find right now. Right. Yeah, right. Now. Um, exactly. That like making sure that your leptin is balanced. Like all of the, again, is a hormonal balance that will also help you when you have that donut because you really wanted it. And it was also in a setting that you were like, we were celebrating and I really wanted a piece of that donut. You don't go back and you're like, oh my God, now I'm going to have the entire box of donuts or I'm going to have donuts for the, like, you know, it, you kind of throw everything that you've learned out the window. And for sure, there's a genetic susceptibility to that. I'm not saying I'm not, uh, saying that there isn't, but I do think that the rewiring and the retraining that you guys do is so uh, important for hormonal balance. And you, I mean, you know this, like we see people going through at lifestyle changes similar to, that, to this, where they fix their diet, they fix their sleep, they start moving a little bit more, and all of a sudden their period comes back. 
all of a sudden their hot flashes go away. And you know, you haven't taken anything. You know, you've been told for years that like this yeah. is normal or this is aging or this is whatever. Yes. And so yes. I, I do think that uh it there there's so much more that like that you're doing with uh with this program that is like amazing. I mean, it's it's usually the, the basic that I always teach. And I always tell you this. Like I send people here again, I'm like, listen, you you do this and then you come back to me and then I'll fix whatever didn't get fixed. Well, this is when your doctor says, go eat healthy, lose some weight. Like, what does that mean? It's so complicated. It's so complicated. Yeah. Mentally. Okay, the next, what's what's next? What are, we, what are we talking about now? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, You know, why don't we go into... Um, perimenopause, menopause, and hormonal changes. Um, because otherwise, I mean, you know me, I can be here for three hours, uh, chatting about all the hormones. I can break it down into, but I don't want to overcomplicate it. I know that this is what people are here for, but okay. So, um, well, I do want to say, because you were just talking about metabolism, I've been, um, looking into a lot more how important it is for women who are menopausal to work out and to increase and maintain muscle mass in their body. Yes. Okay, this is like the perfect segue into my okay. little TED talk. Um, if you'll excuse me while I get my soapbox. Um, okay, so the one the, the one thing that I uh, I want to bring it back to is you know if you think about your adolescent years or even childhood, like you don't really carry a lot of fat, right? And if you, I mean, I don't I don't remember that time in my life, but uh, you you're mostly lean tissue, and then as, as adolescence hits you know, as women, we know that then you start depositing fat around that gluteal femoral area, right? Which is going to be like your hips, your thighs, your buttocks, and like your breast tissue. Yeah. And in your, um, I guess, like menstruating years, most of the weight gain that you're going to experience or the fat gain will probably be in that gluteal femoral area because estrogen, um, to an extent, doesn't really it, it kind of directs where the weight is going to go that's actually why women are a lot more pear-shaped than men are because men yeah. don't don't have the signaling of estrogen to say don't gain fat around your belly gain it actually around you know your hips your thighs your buttocks and yeah. gaining fat in an in a pear-shaped way is anti-inflammatory it is cardioprotective it is great for your metabolism Mm-hmm. Now, if we go through, you know, a little bit later in life and perimenopause, um, what will happen is, it, so there's two things that are happening in tandem, right? Like as we're going, as we're getting older, one is that we're aging 
And with aging, there's a certain degree of muscle mass that's going to be lost. We know that our peak muscle mass is achieved around our 20s or 30s. And then every year, if we don't make a concerted effort to really maintain that muscle mass in our bodies, we're going to lose anywhere between 0.5 to up to, honestly, 2% of our body, of our uh, muscle mass uh, every year, every year, which means that after the age of about 30-ish, our metabolism decreases by about five to 10% every decade, which is wild. Now, if we then take it into, you know, our forties where you were, we're still aging, we're still losing that muscle mass. We don't really understand why this happens, but the, the last probably about six to maybe eight years that straddle that last menstrual period, period, as you have this haphazard um, release of estrogen because your cycles become a little bit more irregular because you yeah. stop ovulating, right? Yeah. Um, what will happen is that that muscle loss um, becomes a lot more rapid. And so in that perimenopausal transition, instead of losing half, uh, you know, 0.5% of your muscle mass every year, that may increase to maybe three, sometimes even like up to 4%. And what I want to bring you back to is that your metabolism and your metabolic rates, like the only active tissue at rest that helps you burn calories while you're sitting, chilling, doing absolutely nothing is your muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And so the, the challenge is that now when you're aging and you're losing muscle really, really rapidly because of your estrogen is all over the place. Yeah. And also because you start feeling unwell, right? Like as that haphazard release of hormones is happening, your sleep becomes crappy, your uh, start, you know, moving less. We know that like women going through the perimenopausal transition and menopause at, at walk about three to 5,000 steps less than they did like beforehand. A hundred percent because we feel awful right our food choices are different and so then it, it's um it's so 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 important i think to look at that that estrogen because you know i i have so many patients that come in like into my practice being like, i i you know i'm not losing weight and it's because it's estrogen i'm estrogen dominant and i'm like yeah. you know estrogen is your friend right and i know that there's mm -hmm. people putting up their hand and being like well i i've always like gained weight around my abdomen again it's not just about estrogen that's also about the conversation about insulin and cortisol that we were having and yes to an extent if you're gaining more fat than your estrogen can put where it's supposed to you're going to gain some of it around your abdomen yeah, and just want to pause because what we're like, this is a hormone specific conversation. Mm -hmm. And you have to factor in on top of that if you had a weight issue when you were younger, if you have oh, been gaining yeah. weight throughout the whole time. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, this, this is what makes totally. this conversation even bigger because this is happening naturally, even to someone who doesn't have this is happening to me. And I don't have any real excess fat, you know? So then you add 100%. coming into this situation with 20, 40, 60 plus, whatever, even 10 pounds of weight on you on top of that. So I just want people to really understand the magnitude of really what they're doing, not to like make them depressed and hopeless. But oh my gosh, no, this is to empower you that we can yeah. make some changes, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it, it's true. It's, this is happening 
in a in a in a perfect world where you're you know you're in caloric balance and like you know it, it's we're still aging and you're still having the haphazard uh, yeah. uh, changing your hormones and so so yeah. to bring it back um, I think that the conversation which is why I love that you've uh, you've added movement and you brought up the weight training the resistance training because this is this is the the uh, the speech that I always give my patients saying you know I know that you are a child of the 70s and the 80s and I know that this is Jane Fonda's fault and you think that cardio is where it's at but it's not it truly is you are fighting that that muscle loss and we fight that muscle loss with resistance I know it, it's I know I get it it's on again I'm learning all of the things that you weren't taught yeah. um, but it is it, you know, cardio is amazing for so many reasons, yeah. but it doesn't really target that muscle loss as much as resistance training is. And I'm not talking about resistance training. Like, I don't need you to go and do CrossFit. You can do bands. You can do body weight exercises, right? Like, you can get, like, a, a backpack and fill it with books and go on your, on your dog walk every day if that's what uh, we, we need to level up, again, yeah. the program with, right? Yeah. But, but it is, it is a, it's a real fact of what happens to women. I mean, to men, it, it also happens to an extent because we see that decrease in testosterone, right? Where yeah. you also have a little bit of a harder time maintaining that muscle mass uh, on your body. Um, as you age again, and they're also aging, but I, th this conversation is not to scare you or defeat you is to empower you and to tell you like, there are other things that you can do. Yeah. We can start by feeling well so that your choices throughout the day are better so that you sleep better so that we change all of that. And also so that we start resistance training to fight against that muscle loss. Yeah. You know, when indicated, I think that it's great for you to work with a practitioner um, you know, uh, if, if HRT is indicated, for example, right? We do see uh, that in uh, menopause and postmenopausal women uh, on HRT, we, we do see an improvement in body composition after being on it for a year or two. I mean, you know, I love hormones. I love hormone replacement therapy when indicated. And yeah. so obviously I'm going to plug that. But I, uh, I, I do... Um, I do think that working with a, a a medical professional or licensed professional that can guide you through this and figure out what the uh, key is for your hormonal balance and your weight loss, especially if you're getting frustrated, you feel unwell, you don't see the results that you're hoping to achieve with this. So that you can work on it and be like, okay, do we measure my, you know, my hormones? Do we do cortisol? Could it be my thyroid? Could be, could it be my vitamin D, which is also related, right? To yeah. uh, all of these other hormones so that you don't accept the answer of, oh, it's probably because you're aging or, oh, well, that's just what happens in menopause. Oh, I love that response. It's my favorite. It, it's, it's so, it's so, it's just, it's so invalidating, right? And it it's so does. frustrating. And, and I think that obviously the, especially when it comes to weight for years, we've been told, listen, like it's just calories in and calories out. And that is not the truth. Okay. So in the spirit of having, let's say three to five minutes left, I want to mm -hmm. ask like, where should we go with this conversation? Obviously we could probably have a, a bigger conversation on many uh, menopause, perimenopause. We could talk about PCOS. We could talk about hormone replacement therapy. We can talk about men mm -hmm. and hormones. We could get into that conversation so that we could get into testing and the things that you can do and probably supplements you can take. And obviously it's such a big conversation. This is just an, an introduction to the conversation. I think to bring awareness, can a woman 
address her own hormones on her own if she like these kind of menopause perimenopause postmenopausal hormone like what's happening there on her own is it possible yeah. or is this where we need to be like does every woman need to i mean where am i going I with this you know what i'm you know I where i'm know. going with <laughs> i know honestly like i wish i wish dr google uh was right um most of the time or like the TikTok influencer that you follow was like berberine is the answer and honestly i wish that it was um but again it, you know it, it, this is it really like we i know that we went everywhere we were nowhere when it comes to hormones but this is just to kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse of like how complex yes. hormones are yes. and how complex the answer of are hormones impacting my weight is yes. because a hundred percent it is i just don't know which hormone it is it is very likely that it's most of them because I, I don't think that I've ever met a woman that comes into my office and I'm like, oh, wow, like you are a hormonal unicorn. Like it is not right. Because again, yeah. there's so many that impact them. Um, but I, I think that working with a uh, licensed practitioner and that can be, you know, your naturopath, that can be your medical doctor, that can be sometimes a nurse practitioner, that can be a menopause certified practitioner, which are pharmacists uh, to better understand, okay, where am I at? And do I need some testing? Because this is the other thing that I'll just kind of uh, really uh, try to give you a brief answer, though I feel like none of my answers have been brief, is that sometimes testing is not indicated, right, for hormones, because especially as you're going through that perimenopause or menopausal transition, your menopause, again, because of that haphazard release, like if I test your hormones, it's not really going to give me an answer because that might be a cycle that you're ovulating. That might be a cycle that you're not ovulating. That might be the wrong time of your cycle to test them. And so sometimes people get come into my office really frustrated being like, I want to test this. I want to test that. And I'm like, honestly, I don't want to spend your money doing that because I don't think it's going to give me an answer that I don't already have that I have because of my training and my experience. Right. And so I, I do think that sometimes what I see, unfortunately, is that um, without having the, the, the guidance of somebody, um, who is trained in this field, taking supplements that you probably don't need or doing things that, you know, that, that, that um, are, are even beyond like your sleep, right? Like sometimes like your sleep just needs to get fixed by turning off your screen and not drinking wine right before bedtime. Cause you can't drink wine. I love wine, but like, it's like, you know, how you drink it, when you drink it, how much you drink it, like eating a burger before bed, like all of those things, like that's the only thing that you need to fix your sleep. Like you don't need melatonin and you don't need GABA and you don't need all of these things. And so sometimes yeah. what I want people to remember is that hormones have a domino effect and whatever it is that you take also has a domino effect. And all of the choices that you make and all the changes that you make in your program also have a domino effect. Yeah. And so by sometimes fixing the foundation, yes, I have seen people that like literally come back and they're like, my hot flashes are gone. And I'm like, this yeah. is all my flesh. Yeah. You know, and some people that say like, honestly, it, it, it got better, but it didn't go away. And I'm like, okay, now let's work on it. And so I do think that, um, uh, while doing on your, doing certain or building that foundation on your own can, uh, improve the vast majority of what has led us here. Uh, yeah. sometimes you need, again, you always talk about this, right? Like stepping it up and like turning it up. And so we just like turn it up with somebody who can guide you through this transition. I love that. I, I, I love that. And I think the takeaway, I think the takeaway here is there's a lot you can do with this program because of all the mm -hmm. different 
things we're focusing on at the same time, stress and mm -hmm. sleep and nutrient rich foods and being mindful and being aware. As you can tell, it's a pretty, it's pretty complicated. So it's just not a matter of going to your doctor and be like, my hormones are off. Well, what exactly. hormones, what's like, it's just can be a rabbit hole. And you are probably going to make yourself crazy if you don't have someone guiding you through that process. And what I wanted to accomplish today was to validate this conversation and that hormones yeah. absolutely play a role. There is a lot that you can do about it on the most basic level. To your point, it could be your sleep is messed up and factoring in because you're just eating late at night or you're up watching TV or on your phone for so many reasons. Again, so many reasons. Yeah, listen to that uh, Alana McGinn conversation. And more importantly, I want people to know that you're going to be back and we are going to continue this conversation and we're going to break down all the the many parts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know this is, I know. I know that when we started, I was like, oh my God, I'll like simplify it. And I was just like talking about a couple of things. But again, because it's so complex, right? It's so hard to oversimplify it. And so it is, it's true. I. And, you know, and I, I think that people often feel very invalidated when it comes to the hormone conversation because nine times out of 10, you go to your family doctor and not to bash family doctors, love them, love you guys. Of course. Um, and, and you say my hormones are out of whack and they're like, no, they're not. Or that you go in being like, I want you to test my cortisol. And the problem is that th there's very specific tests that are often not uh, either OHIP covered, or sometimes your GP may not have any training on, right? And sometimes blood work is not the answer. So you go in feeling completely valid because like, it's not your cortisol, but it is your cortisol. You just don't have a tumor that's producing too much cortisol that your doctor can detect on blood work. So you don't have Cushing's. It doesn't mean that stress is not playing a role in your abdominal waking and that you shouldn't meditate and you shouldn't journal and you should, you're like, you know, and uh, uh, holier than thou, and like stress doesn't impact you because, like, you don't feel stressed. Guess yeah. what? Even if your brain doesn't feel stressed, your body can still feel stressed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Your cortisol can still go up. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not stressed. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, I hear that all the time. But like, it's so weird that I'm not sleeping, and it's just like so weird that you know I can't lose the belly fat, but I'm not stressed. I also work like you know twelve hour days, have four children, like. Barely, you know, and like drink myself to sleep. They're like, I'm not stressed out. My life is amazing. And it's like, well, I mean, let's just, we're going to break that down. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I see people asking for tips and tips. I mean, the tips are follow the program, right? Like eat the meals and snacks, make them nutrient rich get in tune, eat to satisfaction, give your body what it needs, be consistent about it, maximize, focus on stress and sleep and work with your hair healthcare practitioner, like have conversations, investigate, listen to all of our conversations with Dr. Alinka, because she's going to be back and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put a rhyme and a reason to it and make sense totally. of it. Again, I just wanted you guys to meet her because isn't she just my new best friend. I absolutely love you. Um, you know, it's hard to have this conversation. It, it really is yeah. because sometimes you go to your healthcare practitioner, thrown out numbers and you just, you're just like, even I've had conversations where I'm like, what, like, what are you even talking about? And you just did a yeah. beautiful job of simplifying <laughs> very complicated All right. I, I we're drinking wine while we talk about this. I think that I might actually help. No problem. <laughs> but you know, I will say, you know, in, in my, my my last uh, before I get off the soapbox, it's <laughs> at resistance training for sure. Mm. Also, it's my my number one tip, especially for for women as we age. But the, okay. the the second tip that I have, honestly, is 
celebrate the non-scale victories, Mm. celebrate feeling well and sleeping Mm. better and having more energy and improving your mood and all of the deeper impact that maybe does not reflect on the scale and be patient with your body, especially if this is something that you've been struggling for a while. We talked about this fight or flight concept right before and how your body then becomes this like fat storage thing. Like it doesn't, un- unlearning these things and untrain, like retraining your body to then use those fat stores. It- it's not overnight. Like yeah. it-, it happens over time. And sometimes, you know this better than me, we see people going through this program the first time and they're like, oh, I barely lost a little bit of weight. The second, the third time they go to the program, they're like, oh my God, now it's working. Guess what? It was working because you had to lay all of that foundation first and your body needed to feel to an extent safe, right? And feel like, oh, we're not running away from a bed. Oh, we're sleeping better. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, you're not starving me. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll release a little bit of fat and see what happens. Oh, I'll do this and see what happens. And so just be patient because I think it's so easy to get frustrated, especially if you've yo-yoed for so long, or especially if this has been your journey for a while, um, when you don't see the number in this scale. But I, I want to tell people like, then you're so much more than that number. And the quality of your life is so much more important than any number that you see on the scale. And so those non-scale victories are so important. Your body composition is going to be so important, right? So when women are afraid to do resistance training because they're like, I'm going to gain weight. I'm like, guess what? Like, that's amazing weight because that's going to make you more metabolically active. That's going to move the fat off of what you don't want it. That's anti-inflammatory. And so celebrate the the non-scale victories and please be patient. I promise you it works. You just have to, like your body just has to um, feel a little bit of love and a little bit of uh, it just honestly just it, it needs to feel sometimes just safe. I love this conversation. Um, someone just said this may be the conversation that keeps me going. It's such an important conversation, honestly. So important. Um, where can I buy your book and watch your show? Because oh. you can have them. <laughs> um, <Finally.com>. uh, <laughs> seriously seriously um i I love hormones i know it's like a thing i know i know i promise i'll oversimplify you guys we'll like break it down maybe into like pcos pre-menopause like we'll figure out a way to make it endless endless conversations with my new best friend i'm looking forward to it um seriously though people are going to want to find you i know you're not the most active on instagram because you're too you're like too busy actually helping people and doing your thing I know. I know. I'm sorry, guys. So I'm at Halton Physiotherapy in Burlington. Um, if you want to shoot me uh, an email, you know, it's really easy. It's the info at uh, haltonphysiotherapy.ca. Uh, okay. um, you can, you know, I, I, I always promise you this every time that I come on. I'm like, I will reactivate social media, I promise. And then I always say, you know what, maybe I'll just come on. I'll just come on and then we'll chat and then people can uh, write some of their questions and then I can spend some time. Maybe I'll take it. I'll be back soon. Good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to have you in any shape or form uh, and have any conversation. I'm so informative. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to everyone. Excellent, excellent discussion today. Uh, thank you to Dr. Trejo. Yeah, look at everyone. Loving this conversation. Um, thank you so much uh, to everyone watching. Thanks for joining us. Uh, have an amazing day, everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs>